Hi, thanks so much for tuning in to Mom Boss Chronicles. My name is Jen. This is Sue. And this is Danielle. We are three moms that work together in real estate and are good friends and here to talk to you about fun topics, the good, the bad, the ugly of mom struggles, real estate, and other fun stuff. So make sure to subscribe to listen to more. Okay, today <laughs> today we have a special guest, my brother, Alex Levine. He is bassist of the Gaslight Anthem. He's a business owner, a barber, has a barber shop. What else? Troll dad. True, true, true renaissance man yes. here. <laughs> Hi, Alex. Hi. That was the, that was the uh, nicest... Um, <laughs> I think I've ever heard my sister talk about me. We paid her <laughs> yeah. to say that. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think he's really cool, but some people do. So we replaced, yeah, well. we've permanently replaced Jen with my brother. Yeah. Just yeah. kidding. Yes. We, uh, Jen's on vacation. So we are doing this without her today. We have some questions from her that we'll pick your brain with. Mm-hmm. We figure we need to get you in the studio before we lose you to touring and tour. life and yeah. you know all, yeah. all that. So we appreciate so much you taking the time to be here with us today. Of and, course, of course. You know, allowing us to um, ask a bunch of questions, you know. To I learn think, all about Right, you. right. So like obviously our podcast is Mom Boss Chronicles, but you're a dad boss, you know, yeah. and I think probably at the core, you know, like you're a dad and you're a girl dad. So I think there's probably a ton you can share with us about maybe your philosophy on being a girl dad and, you know, how you're raising them to be strong women eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that that's the hope, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Those um, poor girls, I'm going to have to sneak them out of their room for a date when they're teenagers. <laughs> yeah, having two beautiful little girls is, is tough for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of, um, I guess, just tough times figuring out a balance between that, especially when they were younger. I think I'm, I feel like I'm getting better at that, that you'd have to ask my wife if that's true or not. But, um, yeah, I tried to, um, I try to really concentrate on the time that I am with my family, my girls, that I really am not working as much as I should be. Because, you, you know, when you are a business owner or a person that has a lot of ideas, there's always something to do, you know. So I realized that if I'm always pushing to that next thing i'm never focusing on what's in front of me so mm-hmm. i've uh i've been a bit more conscious of that for sure yeah i think that's hard we talked about that yeah. a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. just the work-life balance right. and staying present yeah and unplugging when you're at home but so you t- mentioned being someone who has a lot of ideas which if you know alex he always has like mm-hmm. a new idea right. and a new way like not necessarily a new business, but, you know, something he wants to do next. And he's generally successful right. in what he does. So, I mean, he's been, uh, you know, playing bass for the Gaslight Anthem since, what, you're 20? Yeah, 20, yeah. We started uh, We started the band when I was, geez, I was 19, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah we started it in, uh, in my parents' basement. Yeah, in 2016, or six, sorry. 2006, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Long time ago. Yeah, and with um, with that, obviously, I didn't go to college, so I was putting all of my eggs. Now looking back at it, I was putting all my eggs, obviously, in a basket that is not very financially stable. <laughs> I ended up; it ended up working out for me. But the, you know, a good portion of the first few years were, were really tough, living on the road, 
living in a van, you know, sleeping in a van, not making any money, going into credit card debt. Was there any other time, or other times you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, um, <laughs> or did you no, just really, you had a belief? Yeah, there's, it, I mean, people, Dan would remember, like, there was something about this band that when we first started and nobody knew who we were, there was something, they call it like that, it, like an it factor, there was something that, like, that was driving the band. It felt, it didn't yeah. feel like something that was, wasn't was going to be taken seriously and it felt like something special. So for me, I was the, yeah. <laughs> for me, I was definitely, I was the youngest in the band. So I, I had a little bit more time to kind of figure out what I was going, going to do. But um, I think collectively the biggest thing with the success of the band, especially early on was the four of us had the same goal. And I think that's the hardest part with with musicians a lot of the time you get guys that all they want to do is that but they actually don't want to do the insane work that you have to do to get to that point mm -hmm. and then maybe there is one guy in the band that does and then another guy has a girlfriend and she doesn't want him to, you know there's a million things right so we kind of we were lucky enough to be all in a unique position to do that so yeah i think you know, with that, that also came with a lot of different struggles, you know, in the beginning, especially not having any money. And then all of a sudden we went from not having any money, credit card debt, all of these being homeless more or less. And then, and then we had a little bit of money and growing up, I didn't have any money, you know, neither did my sister, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, we, we grew up pretty, uh, pretty broke, you know, and as I got older, I started realizing that those cliche sayings, you know, the the rich stay rich and, you know, all these things that people say are true to a point. And they are true to a point because it is, it is by far, def it's definitely a mindset, right? So when I made a little bit of money, I was terrified because I had no idea what to do with it, right? So when you make a little bit of money and you don't know what to do with it and you've never had money, you start spending money, right? Not realizing that that little bit of money in the right circumstances can compound and that could be, you know, your nest egg or whatever it may be. But for me, I started, you know, throwing a lot of things at the wall and trying to like maintain it without really understanding how money really worked, how risk worked how you could use your money and influence sometimes to bring in other people to lessen the load of whatever project you're doing so yeah so over you know i had a lot of growing pains over the first like 15 years or so in my career just figuring out you know what what i'm really doing right what i'm not doing what i'm not doing right and yeah i made you know made a lot of mistakes but as as I made those mistakes, I understood that whatever was coming next, I'll be able to deal with at that point because I truly did learn from mm -hmm. you know what I what I was doing. That being said, I I did I, I invested you know heavily into like a sandwich franchise and you know all there was a lot of bad things that kind of we can't mm -hmm. talk about the actual name legally. I actually just remember that okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, I invested in uh, into that. A lot of unforeseen things happened at that time. I was way too in over my head 
with the risk and it wiped me out more or less. So I had to kind of go back to the drawing board and figure out what was next. I realized that the only way I know that I can truly be successful is to really invest and to start certain projects that I know I'm good at, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. I know I'm passionate about, along with understanding that, you know, nobody could really take on 100% of something you don't understand, right? So finding really good, smart partners that counterbalance mm -hmm. what you're not good at or what you don't like doing, right? Like I'm not yeah. a logistics person, I'm all over the place. For example, I was just on a conference call, scheduled that and this at the same time. I was like, yeah, that works. I was like, right, I totally forgot. Yeah, we'll hire you an admin, okay. I was like, I'm not yeah. leaving your side because you're not gonna get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but right, so, you know, hi hiring or working with um, certain partners has definitely helped me with that. And that helps big time with the work, work-life balance mm -hmm. with kids and, being able to, and having partners that understand that, like, hey, I'm not by the phone for three hours. I'm not not texting you back. Right. I, right. You know, I need to be with my kids because at the end of the day, what's the point, right? Mm -hmm. Besides certain people just want, you know, just are narcissists and they mm -hmm. just like to, you know, be a part of things. And I think that's always the biggest, that's always the biggest sham, I think, that a lot of people tell themselves when, say, they're working for their family or, or towards something you know, and it's all bs because right. you look at it and you're like listen man this is you're just running away from you know real life you're running away from the responsibility that you have to have to be a good father you know or mother or whatnot and yeah i think it's super important to really obviously stop and smell the roses as they say right well, that's a really good take on it, you know, yeah. To, yeah. To, like you saying, I never really thought about it like that, mm -hmm. but people are like, I work really hard, I'm grinding, I'm grinding for my family, but you're right, yeah. they're not showing up right. for their family and spending that quality time. And like you said, even if it's like three hours that your phone is not near you right. and you're mm -hmm. giving them that quality attention, mm -hmm. I mean, that goes so far. Exactly, you know? yeah, because there's never, like there's always something else, you know? Yeah. Like and we can always be busy stops. doing something, right. especially if you're creative, like right. like you are, you know, and you're right. constantly thinking of new yeah, things. Yeah, there's right. a million things, right? Like I'll, I'll catch myself, so with my barbershop, Yesterday we were. Don't look at my split ends, we were, okay? Same. <laughs> 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 was it yesterday we went peach picking, right? And we're driving, my wife's driving, and I'm sitting there like putting a uh, like a custom barber cape together with my logo. And I was getting mad because I couldn't find the right logo, whatever. And as we're getting out of the car, I'm still doing it, and they're running at him like, "What am I doing?" It's Sunday, mm -hmm. right. like stop. And I do, I daily I have to like tell myself like stop. But that's good that you do do that and you're self-aware yeah. enough to do that. I mean, yeah. do, you, do you feel like, was there something that set you off to help you be more present and self-aware like that or something yeah. you read or just a kind of an <laughs> amalgamation of things? Yeah, you know? there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went through a lot of, yeah, a lot of stuff personally. <laughs> yeah, that kind of set that off. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of, when you go through some hard stuff, like that you you have to self-evaluate mm -hmm. and find out like what your what your count you have accountability in 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 your actions right and realize what's important 
Right. Exactly. And then once you once you do that, hopefully, you know, you could you could start to maintain and these things don't happen overnight, right? And mm-hmm. exactly and for my family, my wife, she knows that. She knows who I am, what what I need to do, but she also knows that like I'm working towards figuring out like a better a better balance. Yeah. You know, it's but it's funny, you know, these there's so many of these like internet I don't even know what you want to call them anymore, like uh, entrepreneur, like uh, influencers or Um, whatever, you know, they're all like trying to sell these like programs to like help you be a better version of yourself. And every time I look these guys up, one, two, three marriages. Yeah. Dude, what get out of here. They're good sales people, you know what I'm saying? But I think you hit the nail on the head, like growing as a person and getting better like comes out of something that bad that happened and actually Usually, I was right. listening to a podcast the other day with Joe Dispenza who I love like really you know mindset you know manifesting and all that stuff but he basically said that same thing like mm. it really takes a hard situation for you to then right pivot I guess you yeah. know and look at things through a different lens exactly mm-hmm. exactly so um you started basically as a kid with mm-hmm. the band and now you guys kind of took a little hiatus for what like few years yeah yeah. it's a while and now you guys are back at it so what's Mm -hmm. how is it it must be so different now you're yeah an adult yeah yeah kids Mm -hmm. and yeah i think uh the the good thing is collectively the four of us we um we're all married with with children so there's just a different way that we go about scheduling tours and whatnot we're not on the road like eight, eight weeks at a time anymore but you know, it's still a grind, you know, being away for a month at a time from your kids, especially when they're young. But it is it is nice to, like, kind of go through it with other guys that we're doing the same yeah. exact thing. But, yeah, you know, it, with a band, too, it's uh, people uh, people always, always like to, like, stand on their soapbox and just rip musicians apart and, quote, unquote, like, rock stars. Like, they're all junkies and they're all alcoholics and they all are with groupies or whatever it may be. <laughs> And or they all, all break up and they always fight. And you're like, I always, you know, obviously pay, play devil's advocate there. I'm like, okay, so let's go down the list. If I threw you on a tour bus and you were going from city to city away from your family mm-hmm. and you, they were giving you free alcohol every single day and you had friends in all these cities and their big night was coming out to see you play, you're not going to A, have a drink. You're not going to, you know do these certain things and it's a perpetual like weekend right that's like what you're creating a party basically right so you have that aspect of it then you have this aspect of being in a in a work environment because that is what it is at the end of the day like this it's a job right mm-hmm. and the difference is that we are traveling we're a traveling circus basically so <laughs> but if you ask anybody how many people love every single person that they work with day in and day out right so say you do love every single person which you know we do we we you know we're basically brothers right so imagine if you work you know work with four people you love but not also worked with them you lived with them Mm -hmm. you ate dinner with them Mm -hmm. you had to also you also own the business with them so you have to make business decisions then you have to go perform and do the thing with them day in and day out over and over year after year if you're not going to have some sort of you know creative differences 
that's just yeah. not the case. You know, I, you know, even my barbershop, I see it with some of the guys like they'll work for three hours and <laughs> they've got to get out of there for lunch because they just need to not right. be around people, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, um, and then, and also, yeah, creative people are kind of crazy too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, you have like a lot of like social anxiety and stuff like that. Like I think with many creative people, it, it just goes hand in hand with it, you know. My observations of creatives definitely is that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always say it's, you know, it's It's somebody... a beautiful mind. Like it's because yeah. they're creating in their brains at all times and there's always something going on and, you know, you're you're conjuring something out of nothing. Right, right. But I guess on the flip side, you know. It, I think, yeah, it takes like, um, it takes all of the brain power because right. most of the time you'll see some people that are very creative and they can't like make a bologna sandwich right. or mm-hmm. I can't. I like physically can't like pick up my clothes or like do the laundry. <laughs> yeah. or... Is that the excuse you tell yeah. your wife? <laughs> well, Too you know, even when, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a creative muse. I can't, I can't, I can't throw my pants in the laundry. <laughs> um, when you're, I mean, just asking as like no one that will ever be on a stage with thousands of people, like what mm-hmm. does that feel like? And do you get nervous? every show or yeah 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 yeah. so yeah years ago somebody was very notable that's pretty close to the band he he said to us once because we were really nervous right before we were we were going to go out and we were playing with him he was like listen he's like if you are not nervous you have to stop doing this Mm -hmm. he's like because you don't care he's like if you're not nervous you don't care right usually like butterflies is when you're feeling anticipation you're kind of like going through a dialogue in your head you know and if you're not you probably just don't care enough right so uh yeah we for my i can speak for myself yeah i'm i'm always nervous and you go through like a lot of rituals like i've got like crazy ocd so i go through like the same rituals every single time before you play and like i have weird things with like my picks if i pick up a pick and it doesn't feel the way it needs to feel i throw it down like there's all these like weird things <laughs> that fair, yeah. you know you have but yeah you um those are the things that i guess like kind of make a barrier between you and and the crowd and to allow it because you have to you have to and you learn over the years that can't take these things personal right like there's going to be people out there heckling or on the other side like people like hitting on you or whatever it is mm-hmm. and it's it's work and you've got to you you just look above and and just do your thing you know right <laughs> but yeah i think you guys i mean from what i saw over the years it was so different from what people thought like you said yeah. they're doing drugs and they're mm-hmm. sleeping with women and right. this and that and I mean it just wasn't like as far as at least I know everyone <laughs> is like always faithful and mm-hmm. this and that and like of course everyone had their fun you know they were we so were all younger, younger. Right. yeah it was always a party yeah. but it just wasn't like that yeah it's not like <laughs> at a, all like a Molly Crew book yeah know, right and you know I've seen it I've seen it but usually it, that doesn't last you know there's a it's very hard to maintain that kind of, and also I think it's a different time. It's not, you know, the 1980s or yes. late 70s. It was just well, you can't get away with you can't get really away with crazy right. stuff. Yeah. Everything's recorded all these over days. social media. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. I mean that aside, but I think like you, like your bandmates, and you all have your family, small kids. You know, you're yeah. on the same page. Mm-hmm. So like, 
you have a family. At the end of the day, right. that's the that's your why, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. That you guys are all connected on that. Yeah. Like for so real quick, we're going back. You have your own barber shop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you start cutting hair? How did you get into that? Yeah. So I man, I started cutting hair. It was something that I I couldn't even tell you. Actually, you know what? I could. I I got a really bad haircut when I was probably like thirteen or fourteen. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to myself, I was like, I'm going to just try doing this myself. And I gave myself like a better haircut than, right. than they did. And then from then on, I just like started cutting my friends in high school mm-hmm. and, and whatever. And I loved it. And I just always kind of kept up with it. And then when we took a hiatus, I um, mm-hmm. I decided to like properly get my license and then go full on. And, and through that, at that point, I decided that... You know, when we were on tour, you would go and do these big music festivals. And usually, like, there's there's different ways of touring, right? There's, like, you have your headlining tours or you have your festival circuits. So, like, usually summertime, uh, especially in Europe, you would go and you would do, like, a month just every single day you do festivals, right? And you're in the middle of nowhere in like Austria or something, you know, on like Sunday. And I remember it hit me, and I'm I'm and I'm really weird about my hair. Like I need <laughs> you have to. A, you have great hair, <laughs> so you. I would be weird about it. <laughs> Thank you. Oh but I feel like I always, you know, I need a haircut like consistently. So, <laughs> so we are we we're, were somewhere in Europe, and uh, I was much tormented. I was trying to find, and, and I remember it wasn't. It wasn't as accessible now with like, I mean, Google was still there, but it right. wasn't like now there's an app for everything. Yeah. You could probably find right. anything anywhere. And I'm trying to find a barber shop. There's no barber shops around. We're like half hour outside of town. And I look around and backstage, there's usually like these containers or like a big tent. That's where all the dressing rooms are. And then there's like a tent for catering and usually whoever the big sponsor is the beer sponsor or red bull it's always red bull there's like a red bull tent like red bull and vodka like complimentary Mm -hmm. and that's really about it so and sometimes you would see like masseuse like every once in a while which that was like a special thing i was like why isn't there a barber like there should be a barber shop back here like there's let alone the bands like they've got to get on stage and and do that and they're on the road the crew guys, the guys that work for the production companies, there's thousands of people, mm-hmm. right? So this, I was like, this seems like something that would make sense. <clears throat> I started working on the concept and at the same time, my now business partner, he was actually working on the same concept, which is funny. And I go back and in the history of like really interesting, great things and concepts and businesses that usually, they usually happen around the same time period. Like if it was... I think what was that show? I think I was telling you about that the the history show with like how America was made. Mm-hmm. If you go back and watch that show, every single concept, for whatever reason, it was happening somewhere else mm-hmm. in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's an yeah, yeah. interesting yeah. thing. So point being that that was kind of happening, and we ended up meeting, brought it together, and um, the concept was to have pop up barber shops, backstage music events, and then that turned into being on demand barbers for uh like the nhl mm-hmm. for major league baseball i, I saw a couple of I yeah guess, baseball players yeah, yeah, and yeah. hockey players yep. you did that so cool. yeah yeah so we we do that then we 
we so we do like their their events their all-star games all that and then um and we're working on the program to actually have an app development to basically have a not like an uber but kind of like a concept like that but for Mm high-end celebrity type people that are traveling all the time you know to place high-end barbers with them so with that our next our, our goal was to kind of get into like the production side and we're working on doing our own festival mm-hmm. uh, my company's called idle hand mm-hmm. the main idle hand collective and then we um we're in the process of doing our own music festival idle hand fest iron and strings fest as well which is a golf and music festival we're doing out in scottsdale cool yeah we're doing that's that awesome I know. yeah, yeah. Can we go well, that's where i was just on the phone oh. and we're doing that mom bosses yeah yeah January will be out there. Oh, so perfect timing. It's cold here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that and then um, you know, and then also the main goal is to really figure out a cool concept for a barbershop. Mm-hmm. And so we did that. We opened the one in Bradley Beach. It's been open for a few months and the concept is uh higher you know, higher end barbershop that's still affordable with clothing aspects so we have a retail store as well in the back i didn't know that yeah oh, so cool. a lot of vintage clothes yeah. a lot of new clothes board shorts stuff like that and then we are in the process of building a stage all the way in the back so it's oh it's over two thousand square feet mm-hmm. so my goal was to um, i don't know if you ever went to like vintage vinyl it was a mm-hmm. big it was a big spot up in fords new jersey and um when my band was younger we it was our like dream you know when we put a record out to like have a record release there so like that was like that was when you like made it you know yeah. in, our, in our heads like, we're like whoa we have an in-store at vintage <laughs> vinyl but it was cool it was like you went there they had a little stage you played a few songs you sat at a table signed the record for whoever wanted it and and that was that so that's my that was my goal where we have the barbershop in the front we close it off with barn doors and then in the back we have a stage and we also have like records and more clothes for sale mm-hmm. in the back and then working with like the stone pony your starling ballroom during the days of a lot of shows we'll bring in artists to do q a's or acoustic sets or whatever it may be and then sign records and do some cool stuff i like love that, that. So, that's super cool so yeah that that part of that business is coming uh in the next few months so yeah. Well, you're you're not busy at all. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> how has how has business been? Good. You know, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah That's on Main great. Street, right in Bradley yeah, Beach. Yeah. Nine hundred six Main Street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been great. We're actually we're running a promotion right now for back to school. So every kid K through eight that gets a cut will get like a whole back to school package. Ah, yeah. that's cool. so cool. Yeah. Oh. Notebooks and you know. There was little, what are those called? It was a little like. Like a pencil game? Yeah, pencil yeah. caddy thingy, whatever. <laughs> Chocolate keeper. Know. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, come. That's really nice. Come by. So the barber shop, I think I mentioned this on one of our episodes too. He purchased a commercial building with his partner, um, business partner, and they there's um the building is the barbershop and they have a two bedroom one bath apartment on top of the mm-hmm. barbershop that they rent out so that's you know just start, start going back to real estate yeah, of course yeah. that's uh i mean what a great what, way instead no, of renting absolutely. commercial space mm-hmm. and spending all that money to renovate someone else's property mm-hmm. yeah. he you know built equity within 
his own four walls and is now also has a rental property. Right. I mean, that's amazing. So you're yeah. making better investment decisions. Right. Yes. Exactly. Investing exactly. in what you know too. Right. Is, exactly. And um, he actually found the building and sent it to me. Yeah. He bought really? it through me. I didn't even yeah. like really know. He would like mention every now and then like, you know, I want to open a barbershop if you ever see something. Right. But like, I didn't think he was like ready to do it really. Mm -hmm. And did not think he was gonna buy it at this time. Like I just yeah. didn't think he was there yet. But yeah, he found it himself. <laughs> you want to be a real estate agent yeah. too? I mean, why, but, why I not? Mean, but why I not saw it and I was like, you have to buy this. Yeah. Like this yeah. is, I feel like I definitely pushed you to yeah. that direction. It wasn't a barbershop before, was it? No. It was like a karate. karate oh, so, so it was a blank, yeah. a, like clean sleep, blank yeah, space. Yeah, it was, it was a great, great space. And I liked the idea it was in Bradley Beach because I feel like Bradley Beach is like the next kind of beach town to, yeah. Yeah. to kind of pop up you know mm -hmm. asbury did its thing belmar obviously so it's right in the middle there but yeah my 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 goal um and the concept really is again with idle hand collective like the uh pop-up barbershop side of it we have over like two thousand barbers under us oh that, my god yeah wow. that, that work for for the company and contractor and we contract them out mm -hmm. for the events so our goal is to for whoever wants to open up a barbershop or, or whatnot. Concept is to put, you know, idle hand shops all over the country and not franchise it in this way where it's lame because franchises can be extremely lame. And to give, you know, the barbershops the ability to really have their own thing where they may not have and then also own a piece of real estate. And for us, it's not about taking, I don't believe in, you know, taking high commissions from barbers. I, I 100%, I pay about probably 15, 10 to 15% more than any other barbershop commission wise. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in, you know, getting rich off of somebody else's hard work like that. There's other ways to make money right. in a barbershop. Mm -hmm. And I think that the same thing is if, you know, we franchise it out, it's more about like, hey, we, it's a vehicle for us to accumulate more real estate mm -hmm. rather than, you know, taking, you know, 50% of of, our, of a guy's, you know, haircuts in right. Florida right. where, you yeah. know, like, no, absolutely. I just, I don't see the point in that. So, but back to the, the point of the real estate, I looked at it, I looked at it this way. <clears throat> I had a hair studio in, um, in Wall. It's been like sixteen hundred. It was like sixteen hundred a month for a hundred square feet. I was like, "This is insane! Like, what? What am I doing? I could buy something and I could control my my fixed cost by taking it, building it out, being my own landlord, rather than. And I've seen it, and I know it with plenty of other barbershops. They dump so much money into new real estate mm -hmm. for somebody else and they have a five or seven year clause which at that point if you have a five or seven ten even ten years you're taking probably an sba loan out and usually they last you know seven to ten years so by the time you pay that off and you now have an actual fixed cost they're going to raise the rent on you mm -hmm. so that along with you know, I never wanted that. I never, I just, I didn't want anybody to tell me what to do, right. even a landlord. For sure. So that, and then also the biggest, the biggest problem I see is the fact that barbershops, you can, you can, there's really no ceiling to the money you make, right? So you could keep growing. I wanted a space where 
I could put as many barbers as I'd like, or I could make a retail, retail space, or I can make an event space, or whatever it may be. Right. And yeah, I think you know it's uh, it's it's been it's been pretty awesome, you know. So like yeah. your dream being realized, and and mm. I mean, you said you didn't go to college, mm. and right. you're coming up with these concepts and smart business decisions like on your own. Yeah. You know, I hope you pat yourself on the back. That's <laughs> pretty awesome. Thank you. Thank you. The design of the barbershop, I mean, did you kind of sit down with somebody or did you yeah. come up with that yourself? Yeah, my um my good friend Dwayne, he is one of probably the most talented woodworker I've ever I've ever met. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Um New York City I, I got to actually get the name I say it wrong. I think it's Taylor Wood Designs, I believe. Um, he made like the front, the cash wrap thing. Yeah, he made. Uh, yeah, he made oh, everything. Really, cool. really? Um, yeah. So it is. Sorry. I'm all about the like woodworking, natural yeah. wood. I love it. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was at Taylor Wood NYC. So he um, he hand built everything. Wow. And we sat down and I was like, Yeah, I want. I kind of want like the stations to like feel like old steamer trunks, yes. right? Mm -hmm. So I had I had this concept of it being a little bit more of like an old school barber shop, mm -hmm. but like a modern feel to it. And he like, knocked it out of the park. And somehow I, I realized like last week I was like, this kind of has like this organically has like a Miami vibe mm -hmm. going on mm -hmm. in it, you know? And yeah, it's cool. It's like cool to Miami see. Miami of the 40s, like an art deco. Yeah, like yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It, um, it's cool to see when you allow something to breathe without like micromanaging yeah. every little thing. And that's where I'm big on that stuff, especially like everybody that works in my shop. I'm like, listen, you're all contractors. I'm not your boss. I own this brand and i just expect you know a couple things yeah. here but at the end of the day if you don't respect it you don't respect yourself because you're not nobody's going to come here right which means you're not going to make money right because this is a all commission based right so if you do that and you pay people well right like um what was that richard bronson right mm -hmm. what does he say um train people train people to leave and pay people pay people to stay mm -hmm. right so train no, train people so train yeah. people well enough so right. they can leave yeah. yeah but pay them well enough so they yeah. stay yeah. Right? Such a, like it's uh, such a 101 concept it's yeah. so true right right but it's people nice to hear you implementing that people really have i see i see in this industry a lot people have a really hard time with micromanaging it's yeah they have to have their finger on oh, every <laughs> right and <laughs> I think that's the thing. Like some people, if they have like a corporate gig at some point, they come in, they own a bar, whatever it may be. You see that feel where it's that same concept of you know stepping over dollars to get mm -hmm. the pennies. You know, mm -hmm. you're you're like, hey man, why are you focusing on this when like the big picture is right here? Right. Just let it be, let it breathe, right. let it turn into what it should be turned into, mm -hmm. not by strangling it because you had an idea and you won't. And it's right. all like ego based, right? Oh, for Egos, sure. narcissism, Ego it, always, it always comes back to, mm -hmm. it, right? Especially in like now the hair industry, um, they have all these so like the mini salons, like or solo uh, salons, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. they are. The salon suites, yeah. Yeah, salon suites. Thank you. So mm -hmm. you can rent your own space and just right. have your clients come in and out. So I feel like you have to create that environment yeah. and you have to be 
pay well for right. people yeah. to want to stay because also not everyone wants to be a business owner. Right. Not and most right. people don't, uh-huh. I think. Exactly. So they don't yeah, want to have to go right. to these places. Right. So as long as you're paying them well enough, mm-hmm. then That's I'm sure great. they're happy to right. stay. I think you're right. In this industry especially, a lot of people, it's just about the money. A lot of people don't want to the the headache. Because it is like there's in a barbershop or a salon, there's a there's a big if you don't do it right, the the margins aren't that great right so when you're talking about the headaches to what you could actually make say one person calls out two people need off on a saturday and you're like cool what am i going to do now right but i think if you like i said if you pay people well you pay people well enough and you figure out and you do things the right way owning owning you know the real estate and being able to control certain aspects of it figuring out different you know income streams that's it. You know, you have to, I pay people well enough where I, you know, I'm very transparent with the numbers too. I'm like, this is what we're making. This is what barbershop made. Mm-hmm. Obviously, barbershop's the business. It has to make money, obviously, to mm-hmm. make all this, you know, go around. But, you know, this is what you're making if you're fully booked. And it's comparable to if you went off by your, on your own and you had a, a salon suite. Right. So that's, that was a concept that I had too, because... When I was in the suites, all I kept hearing was, oh man, the barbershop and the salon business is gonna be dead because everybody's gonna gonna do this. I was right. like, no, they, no, they're not. I was yeah, like, right. there's pros and cons to everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, the con to this is that you have to do everything yourself in a hundred square foot right. space. You have to check people out, you have to clean up yeah. if you're run behind. Also, you're by yourself, mm-hmm. which for Must me- Must be so like, awful. Yeah, yeah for, me, for me being a barber, I enjoyed you know like the community the, yeah, yeah I feel like exactly. that's a good thing too like yeah I'm going to the barbershop exactly you're gonna shoot the shit with people right. or exactly. you know like there's a it's not just and, going to get your hair cut right it's and, an experience and I think yeah. a lot of uh, barbers that are doing that also forget about that component for people mm-hmm. that they don't want to go to a you know a closet to get right. their hair cut yeah. they want to go right. to a barbershop mm-hmm. and, and for themselves right. I mean to work 50 hours a week in that environment that's got to be taxing yeah oh for for the margins and you're going to do it for the money so i look at him like okay let's figure out a concept where you can make that amount of money working for somebody else and and also feeling like you have that control right because if you give people enough control they will do any anything that you need them to do for your business. Mm-hmm. They're better. They're more appreciative. Happy, happy employees, right? Like you're a partnership. Exactly. Yeah, you're you, respecting them. Exactly. You, you brought them on for a reason. You. Like so, trust them to exactly do even, what they need to do. Even with like a big thing is, I don't, I don't ever want anybody to feel like they're walking on eggshells with me or feeling like, hey, if you need a day off. Literally, just go and book it yourself. You have the because a lot of barbershops don't allow the employees to book uh, to block themselves out, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, you do whatever you need to do. If you're not like, I can't force you to make money for me right. when you're not making money yourself. Right. Like, right. there obviously there's a certain point where it's like, hey, you're just not showing up right. anymore. Like, I'm, I need somebody to fill a chair. Of course, but when we're talking about just very normal actions in right. life like if you need a day off you need a time frame off you go block it out just yeah. give me a heads up so i know so I, I can make sure that there's enough people in the barbershop right. that's it i'm not going to tell you no I'm not, right. you know it and i think 
allowing certain control over that that's um it's it's super important you know it just it it allows to for the entire you know business whatever business it may be um to just thrive and and really like make people feel not even make people feel because they are involved like the people that work in my barbershop right now my goal is if again it's if they want it is to just keep keep coming you just go through every door that i'm going to go through and you're coming with me right? right and again i think people get that skewed where you're like yo i had these expectations for you and because right. one of them is like no man i want to like go do my own thing cool and again i'll help you do that and by doing that i guarantee they're not going to open up a barbershop down the street for me no. you know yeah, they're right. going to do their thing i'm going to help them do their thing if that's what they want to do or if they want to do something with me right we'll do it and of course there'll be i'm sure there'll be some you know situations where it won't work out right and i mean that's yeah. just business that's right? human nature and business for exactly sure. that's exactly. cool too to just be able to change people's lives in that way like even just by being a cool like quote-unquote boss i mean right. you right. know and giving opening doors for people and giving them opportunity so that's right. huge too yeah, yeah for sure so have the girls been exposed to the business and the barbershop <laughs> and to the band? Oh, like, yeah. What if they, what if tomorrow? Child what labor, like, man. Like, yeah. Dad, I'm, I'm in a band. I'm starting a band or, you know, like, oh, like if they want to follow in dad's footsteps, you know. Yeah, that, feel that'd be great. Much. And they're, they're, they're little performers in their own. They oh, do really? like competitive dance and cheerleading oh, and stuff. Oh, that's amazing. So cute. But yeah, so me and my wife are pretty, we're pretty big on like life allowing you to learn lessons like life lessons teaching you things i think mm -hmm. it's that's more important than certain things you're going to learn in school so mm -hmm. for example i a few weeks ago i had them come in on a saturday and they did a lemonade stand outside of the barbershop oh they, that's so cute yeah it was it was pretty awesome they ended up i was like listen you're going to take your money your allowance money that you had and you're going to buy everything Obviously, I bought it, but you know, mm -hmm. for them, I'm, I'm yeah. showing them. Okay, they think they bought it. They think yeah, they bought yeah it. for sure. <laughs> so it's like it costs this amount of money. You're gonna have to sell X amount of cups of lemonade to make your money back, and then whatever you make after that is your profit, right? So they did all of that. Mm -hmm. Then they're making like two hundred dollars, which is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> but yeah, my clients were awesome. They were just giving them yeah. twenty bucks, you know, whatever. <laughs> so at the end of it, I think it was like. I don't know, 150 bucks that they had left over. I was like, all right. And my oldest one already knew. She's like, I'm only going to take 10%, right, dad? Whatever, <laughs> like whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And that's the money we could spend on anything, right? Exactly. I was like, because this wasn't a one and done thing. It was right. like, you could do this all the time. Yeah. So you're not going to, you're not going to spend all of your money on whatever you're going to reinvest it back mm -hmm. into your lemonade business so i'm going to open up a lemonade stand <laughs> outside really? the bar for seriously yeah. 200 bucks a day why not <laughs> so yeah so they took 10 percent. we went to target they bought whatever they wanted yeah and then they had you know whatever 100 bucks left over and now they could have another lemonade stand and you know whatever so it is cool. the point yeah, being is yeah. like you know showing them certain things like my kids are gonna they know a lot of different terms value like reese calls it the v talk like mm -hmm. <laughs> like the you know the value of things yep what money is why 
it is important why it isn't isn't important you know and everything kind of in between and understanding that you could do things in your life to buy your freedom from things you don't want to do right and by doing those certain things and understanding how to get there is super important absolutely you know? i appreciate that about i think our generation like I, don't, I didn't grow up in a household where that was an emphasis or my right. parents were talking to me about money or investing or running a business. Like of course maybe not, you yeah. guys either, God you no. know, and it's just, <laughs> it's just beautiful that like, I feel like our generation is a little more focused on like right. providing those opportunities for our children. You right. know, like it doesn't, you don't just necessarily get a corporate job and sit there for 50 years and, you know, right. grind it out for somebody else. Right. Like you can be in control of your own destiny. Exactly. And, and here I'm going to help give you the tools exactly and, yeah. and, and it makes and in a fun way like they probably had a blast yeah doing oh yeah cool. it was awesome right. and then that that's also the point of it too is that like you could do something and make money and love it mm -hmm. right so right. let's figure out what that is and it, yeah. and i'm not like going to be hell-bent on my kids going to college mm -hmm. if that's not their yep, same if that's not what they need to do you know whatever whatever it is we're gonna be focused on it and get it done for them but yeah, I think there's there's a lot of interesting things, I think, with our generation and the generation coming that is disrupt. Like, I just love disrupting things, right? Mm -hmm. Because you just look at, like, whoa, everybody's doing this. And they're only doing this because one or a few people in the beginning thought it was a good idea. And then they just, you yeah, know, follow. are following, right? Mm -hmm. There's always better ways or different ways to do something, right? right? So... I think that that is happening with like our generation and the generation coming up where it's disrupting what, you know, work is or um, what your the status quo of like your um, your ambitions are. OK, you have to get good grades. You have to go to high school, go to college, get a good job. Now you're two hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt yep. and you're, you know, say you got a good job in finance now you live here and you're going to jp morgan in the city five days a week and you're making a hundred grand and hate your life right, right? Yeah. like there's so many other ways to do it mm -hmm. and in school i'm not you know against school obviously but you know your traditional way of learning there's a reason why these things aren't taught is because the world has to work, right. you know? So if you give certain goals and ambitions and ideas to too many people. Yeah. 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 We're not going to have anyone <laughs> to do this right. stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, your ambitions are too high. Let's yes. do Yeah, right. exactly. Like you're crazy. You're yeah. crazy. And the funny thing is, and I tell this, I tell this to my kids. I tell this to a lot of people. Like the only people that tell you you're crazy are people that won't do it. Oh yeah, yes. I was like never, ever have I been in a room with somebody who's as successful or way more successful than me, and I'm telling them an idea I have. They're like, dude, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Or, yeah, I I see it. I wouldn't do it, but I see it. Right. A hundred percent of the time, mm -hmm. somebody that has no ambition or scared mm -hmm. or is jealous is like, you're out of your mind. That's yeah, not going to so work. That's so crazy. Right. That's it's so not going to work. Right. Exactly. It's like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I think that's, uh, it's, it's funny, but it's a, it's the same idea where I remember when I was younger and I got married, my best friend's, uh, older brother, he was, he was like 50 at the time. 
Never married. <laughs> that no sounds kids. like weird. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to explain that he's just. Oh, sorry. he's just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> right. I just. Got... <laughs> oh my god. That was twenty. Segway. My older. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were twenty, and a fifty-year-old was telling. Uh, me. Right. He was, he was telling. He was telling me. Uh, I was about to get married. He was telling me how crazy I was to get married and settle down and all these things. And like in my head, I th I thought he was like married at some time at some point. Mm -hmm. And I realized I was like, oh, he's never been married. Mm -hmm. He's only been burnt by people and he's alone. Right. So why am I taking advice yeah. from this guy? He's living in his mom's basement. Yeah. It's like, mom, more meatloaf. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, so right, so, right. The point of that is you got to look at where it's all coming from. You know? 100%. Right. Yeah. That's like. When I'm leaving corporate to come sell real estate, like you're crazy, right? I guess, yeah, right. sure, exactly. Yeah. I, and I'm the happiest I've it. been professionally, like, right? Exactly. Right. You have to follow your dreams, exactly. Absolutely. Because yeah, it's not. It's just it is, and when it comes down to the money, it's not all about the mm -hmm. number, right? Nope. Because you could, you could figure out anything to make it work, right? If you have two kids and you're looking at whatever the uh the scope of your finances are and you're like all right let's tighten the belt you know why because mom and dad are both happy at right whatever they do mm -hmm. to earn money and that's it rather than i know people again like jp morgan all these like really intense jobs coming from you know jersey shore to new york yeah. every day leaving yeah. at four in the morning yeah. getting home at seven yeah seven eight you know, you know three awful. hours and travel each way or whatever yeah. it may be to make enough money to what to like to work to work right. to, <laughs> to impress usually people you don't like mm -hmm. or don't right. know yep. that's what like the definition of keeping up with the joneses is right yep you're trying to impress yeah. people you don't know or don't like for, right. for what it's insanity, you know, it's insanity. Mm -hmm. to me that's crazy not following some sort of ambition you know right agreed agree. <laughs> wow. well on that note follow your dreams we have a pure example of that right here Thank you so much, Alex, for yeah, coming on today. We really you. appreciate it. Thanks for having it. me. And we want to definitely come out to Arizona. We're like, whatever yeah, you have like going on, idea. invite us, please. I'll yeah. get a babysitter. Um. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You golf? It's a golf. I can golf. Yeah. I want to drive a golf yeah. cart and drink beer, so right. I will be there. <laughs> Sweet. I'll put you in charge of that. Thing. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Mm -hmm. Done All deal. Right. Thank you guys for listening today, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.